Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Reality TV and Me, episode 90 flippin' 6, you guys. Can we just take a minute? We're almost hitting the hundo. I am your host, Kirsty, but I think you know that by now. There's, I just want to say thank you to all of you who have hung on through the hard times, the good old times. Um, anyone who was there from the very beginning, I'm talking like me screaming into my iPhone, not having a clue what I was doing two years ago when I was traveling around the UK via pet sitting, you know, often house sitting four cats at a time. There was one time I got bronchitis and had scurvy. So that was, that was a a tough run of it for anyone that was listening at the time. A lot of phlegm, lot of phlegm. So (laughs) to all those eight listeners that tuned in back in the day, if you've still hung on, I salute you. Make yourself known in the Facebook group, uh, Reality TV and me, just search it in your Facebook app. I truly just wanted to take this opportunity to thank you all and share my gratitude, whether you've just started listening in the last few weeks or months, or you've been with me from the start, from those bad old days. Um, and I want to thank all the people that came on the show back back when I, I, I was going to say back when I was a no one, like I'm a big star. Oh, no, my name in lights. Da, 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 da. Um, I always get a bit manic when I do a podcast on my own. She says knowing that she gets manic with co-hosts as well. But yeah, like, look, thank you to Erin Martin. She's the first person that ever had me on her show, ever did mine. She's how I learned a lot about the podcast world you know, people like Mandy Slutska from Is This Real Life? Um, you know, Brian Moylan was generous enough to do my show several times. There are so many people that helped get me to this place. And I still have a, a, a relatively small pod, but I, I just really appreciate the community that I'm building and have built. And I was just having a conversation with my friend Jacques, who you all know. He's been on the pod several times just this morning and saying, how, you know, when I'm feeling down, as I am want to do as a depressive, I um, sometimes I just jump into the Facebook group and read your comments and have a chat with some of you and try and make you laugh and you in turn make me laugh with your silly gifts and I feel happy again and I feel like I have a community of my very own and it doesn't have to be hundreds of thousands of people. It's my little hub, my tribe, and you're all part of it. And I just wanted to say thank you. I can't say, I'm one of these people that is the worst at at showing, expressing gratitude. Like I have to do it in a stupid voice in order to get the words out of my mouth. So I know I'm the worst. Um, so here I go. I thank you all very much. Oh my God, I felt so uncomfortable, you guys, but I'm genuinely mean it. It's just hard for me to do. So, you know, now that I've butted up your ego, 
why don't you pop on into the your podcasting app and give me a five star and give me a review because I'm so nice to you, you guys. No, I'm just kidding, but like do it or else. In other news, important news, if you want to uh, get your merch in time for Christmas, make sure you order ASA Possible because... Um, Look, orders are going to take time to make and then get sent out. So you can order any of the stuff at real- at the tasteofreality.com website and just look for me, Reality TV and me. And your discount code for 15% off is Reality TV Me. Don't worry, I'll put it all in the show notes for you. So that's the business attended to. Gratitude and my face on shit. I also want to say um, (laughs) I posted a few days ago in the podcast group and on the Instagram, um, if you are, if you're in any of those platforms with me, that I'm talking to Fernanda Flores from A 90 Day Fiance a few seasons back. If any of you remember her, she was quite young when she possibly 16, some even say 15, when she started chatting to her older real realtor boyfriend, Jonathan, and a lot of people felt a bit skeezy about that. I'm talking to her. She's become a beautiful model in California since. And I posted it on Reddit asking for questions. And most people are just like, did you end up getting your butt stuffed? Did you, did you make it more biggie? Like Larissa suggested. <laughs> and... Look, I just don't know how many times I can ask her about her anus. So if anybody has any questions that you actually think will pass uh, a rigorous testing, because I have to send it to the PR people first to be examined. And I don't know how many questions they're going to allow me to get in about how much plastic surgery she's had to enhance her assets so to speak um yeah if anyone has any genuine questions please let me know because reddit has been a bit of a minefield and frankly not very useful oh one more little hit of gratitude thank you for embracing my more vulnerable podcast last week Um, allowing me to open up more about my history of addiction and uh, spinal cancer and um, starting to share more of the background and the colour that is me and how I have evolved to be such a nutcase (laughs) Um, in your ear holes. So I really appreciate all your feedback. It was all positive. And um, so if there was any negative feedback, they took my request to just quietly acknowledge that they don't want to listen to the podcast ever again and disappear into the ether because everything I saw was was very positive and I thank you for that because it made me feel good inside. And aside from that, these conversations are, I think, important um, and relative to our reality TV world, which may or may not be real reality, but it certainly touches on people's real stories like Whitney's father's uh, addiction. We have Bronwyn's addiction, in inverted commas. I'll get into that. 
Look, there's 101 personality disorders, mental health conditions and addictions in the Bravo-verse alone. So, yeah, it's all relative. I mean, it's all relevant and um, it's nice to be able to share my story on a bit of a deeper level. So I appreciate appreciate your response to that. Let's get into the week in Bravo, or should I say the day in Bravo. Holy shit. Yesterday was a field day. By the time it comes out, it'll probably be a couple of days have gone by. So we'll have had a chance to process all that has gone down. Fuck me. First and foremost, COVID has hit the Beverly Hills area and filming has been shut down as Kyle, Kathy Hilton and Dorit all have the coronavirus. I mean, surprise fucking surprise much. These bitches walking around strutting their stuff without masks or wearing those, which we see coming up in Dallas, those face shields, they are good for, like, spit, like, literal, like, splatter. They don't protect you from coronavirus. Coronavirus, it travels through tiny... I don't need to tell any of you guys this. You're smart enough. It's just the housewives. If you're listening, get a fucking face mask or wear a skivvy and pull it right up over your nose because those little spores flying through the air, they gonna get you. And... Ain't nobody got time for that. We as viewers don't have time for that. We want to watch you at Buca de Peppo, whatever it's called. I want to see Sutton in all her glory and her strange fashion choices. She wore this shirt, this jumper this week. We saw a photo of one of her confessionals and it looked like two tigers, lions, uh, one of the two kind of making out over her tits. <laughs> I posted it in the Facebook group. Have a scroll down if you want to see it or just DM me on Insta and I'll find it for you. Um, and it just it just made me laugh because as a child, I had this Simba and Nala toy set. Just the two of them as like plush toys, but they were super cool because they had magnetic noses and their noses stuck together and made them kiss and it was so romantic it just fulfilled all of my it was like my sexual awakening in a plush toy so basically I'm like Karen Huger humping dry humping a pillow except I was like I don't know 10 and she's in her 50s look shit's got weird so let's move on Erica Jane, mm, 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 mm. cheeky girl, naughty, naughty Erica and hubby. They are in dark, murky water. So here's the scoop. Erica and her husband, Tom Girardi's divorce is allegedly a sham. Say what? Look, they've been sued by Edelson, Edelson PC, which is a class action firm, on behalf of a number of Boeing plane crash victims for allegedly embezzling settlement funds meant to help the victims of Lion Air Flight 610. I mean, can you say WTF? 
So allegedly they've been embezzling, stealing money from plane crash victims. Holy actual fuck. If that's true, that's the most disgusting piece of shit I've ever heard. And look, I don't know. Tom seems sweet. Erica seems like a snake. I liked her the first couple of seasons, but she's got a real edge to her. And I wouldn't put it past her. And also, you know, to be a hotshot lawyer that makes millions of dollars, you do have to be quite cutthroat. It's said that Tom's law firm, uh, Girardi Keys, is on the verge of financial collapse. And it's kind of being stated that uh, Erica's 40 grand per month on glam and expensive, it's expensive to be me. Which was my iPhone uh, ringtone for way too long. Or how many fucks do I give? Oh, such a bop. But aside from that, (laughs) all of this shit costs money. And this money is slowly, slowly dwindling away the funds of Tom's hard work. So what do they do? Maybe take the money from elsewhere. Allegedly, I have to say that. But it don't look good. Now it's believed that the divorce that came out, the crushing news of Erica and Tom's divorce, which did seem shocking to me. A lot of people weren't shocked by it, but I don't know. I think their father-daughter love is strong. I mean, they're probably not swinging from the chandeliers and banging it out every Saturday night. <laughs> it's so formal. Husband, it's it's a Saturday evening at 8pm. We've had dinner. Shall we adjourn to the bedroom? Yes, let's chow. Please, remove your socks. So, that's how I imagine they make, make sweet, passionate love. I'm so sorry for that visual. It's, uh, it's actually, it's tough for me to continue with that flying around in my mind. Although, in saying that... It's actually not bad. I think Tom, yeah, he's old enough to be my grandfather and Erica's for that matter. But he's got a little something, doesn't he? Like, he's got that little twinkle in his eye that says he's a Tom cat. I really regret the meow. I regret that. Okay. I, I live with cats. Just go with me. <laughs> Fuck my life. All right, let's keep going. I'm good. I'm good. I'm still with you. Here we go. All right. (sighs) It's suspected that the divorce is actually a sham and an attempt to protect or fraudulently, fraudulently protect Tom and Erica's money from those that seek to collect debts owed by Tom and his law firm, GK. So, look, what can you say? I mean... I won't miss Erica if she doesn't come back for filming this next season. I think she's done her dash. I'm a bit over her uh, coldness and her protesting that she isn't cold all the time. Like, you are. You're kind of a bitch. Just own it. Just own it. (laughs) It's who you are. I don't dislike her. But if this is all true, then yeah, I fucking hate the bitch because that's really dodgy shit. So let's watch and see. Let me know how you feel all about this whole 
Girardi situation on the social pipes and whether or not you think Tom Girardi's got a little twinkle in his eye, as I do. (laughs) The real question is, of course, who will be looking after Mikey now that he has been left in the lurch in all of this Erica will no longer be able to spend her 40k on choreographers and makeup artists and glam squad and the whole shabizzle so he's out of a job so anyone looking for (laughs) an out of work choreographer give Mikey a call he is waiting by the phone All right, let's get to the piece de resistance. That is Bronwyn, whatever the fuck her last name is. Weinenhausen Merkin. (laughs) Sorry, I just wheezed and snorted into the microphone. It was a double whammy. (laughs) Oh, isn't it great when I make myself laugh about people's stupid names? Weinenkirkman? Hang on, I'm going to look this shit up. Windham Burke. There we go. You know, I think I get her last name. It's it's Bronwyn and Gina's last names are too difficult for me to remember on, on just a glance. It's not like Bronwyn Smith. So I just put it in the too hard basket of my brain and then I go to announce <laughs> a segment like this and I'm like... Bronwyn Hasselhoff de Bleu. <laughs> Just make some shit up. Y'all know who I mean. Okay, we're in the OC. Now, hey, look, this week, everybody wants to talk about the OC. I told you it's all happening in the OC. Fuck me, this chick is thirsty. Yes, of course I am LGBTQI positive. Of course I fucking am. Marry, kiss, fuck whoever you want. Honestly, if it doesn't affect, as long as you're not fucking me, (laughs) which nobody is, I don't give a shit. But the thing about Bronwyn that really irks me is her performative nature and a few people are saying this most of what you're seeing online I'm sure in your Instagram and your faces and all of the Twitters um all of the Twitters I'm so old is yay Bronwyn like so proud you're living your truth oh my god go you hashtag pride yeah obviously hashtag pride but for me my first thought as someone who has you know, had their heart broken into a thousand pieces and is unable to love again because, look, this is another story for another pod. And next time I do my tragedy pod, I'll, I'll tell you my heartbreak story. How fun will that be? But I just, my first thought just went straight to her husband. I'm like, you could be in together almost 25 years. You literally just did a vow renewal, like, last episode And you're coming out and saying you've never been attracted to men before? She said that, quote, I've never been attracted to men. I mean, I saw his Instagram post. I know he said, look, I've always been proud of you and that's not going to stop now. But if they had a genuine love marriage, if he was in love with her and she was in love with him, supposedly, 
and she's come out 25 years later and said, Soz never liked ya. Like it's always been a friendship for me. That is fucking crushing. Not just for him, but also for the whole family and the kids. Like that has got to rock their world. So what I'm seeing is they're either putting on happy faces and everyone's like dying on the inside and brokenhearted and there's a lot of crying going on and the cameras aren't around. Or this is also a sham marriage. Like we just had a sham divorce. This is a sham marriage. And my suspicion is that because there's been a lot of rumors over the over you know the course of time that Bronwyn's been on the sh- on the show, everyone used to suspect her husband was gay, and look, he does have very effeminate qualities, but he's not a woman, you know, and so a lot of people were like, oh well, he's very feminine. Like a feminine male does not a woman make. Like if you're gay, that's not going to do it. <laughs> it's just not. <laughs> so for me, I think. Possibly there's an arrangement. Maybe he is also gay or bi and this was a way for both of them to come together and have a big family that they both always wanted, in which case I think that's actually very beautiful and I fully support that. If, on the other hand, this is a storyline, it really annoys me because You know, a lot of people in the LGBTQI community have tread a path for a very long time to make things like Jacob, her son, coming out in drag acceptable and not um, punished for instantly for her as a queer woman to come out and be accepted and be praised on social media. Um, A lot of people haven't had that. A lot of trans people still suffer from abuse and you know get murdered especially trans black people so if she's just coming out for show and for uh, a fucking storyline that really that really annoys me um I don't know I guess we'll have to wait and see only she knows what sexuality she is you know at the end of the day as long as she's happy her family's happy and her husband, who apparently she's staying married to, although now she's a lesbian, is happy. Look, what do I care? I just think it's all, it's uh, unusual timing. It's choice timing. Aside from that, the alcoholism. I, I don't really know where I stand on this. It's It's another thing where I'm like, you're walking a path that's been tread for you already and it just doesn't feel real to me. Yeah, I think she's a total mess. I really do. But um, as I've said before, alcoholism or prescription drug abuse, she mentioned blacking out on Xanax and booze in the latest episode, they're symptoms of, of, of deeper pain, which she obviously has. I mean... How could you not with a mom like that? Her mom is toxic if I've ever seen anything like it. But sadly, Bronwyn has become that toxicity as well. Sobriety will help her, but it will not cure her. It will just give her the clarity to see all of her other traumas rise to the surface that have been um, hushed and quieted by the, the, 
the drugs and alcohol or whatever else, the sex for all of this time. And now the work really starts to happen. And it worried me this week watching her uh, in the kitchen talking to her husband and her daughter Rowan, who is trying to talk to her mum about her OCD and her her valid fears about coronavirus and being, you know, it's hard for a teenage child to open up to two parents in that way anyway. And then her mom screams at her, nobody's letting me talk. I was like, bitch, sit down. Shut the fuck up. Your daughter's talking to you about genuine fears about a global fucking pandemic, which scares, should scare anybody. And all of a sudden she's being shut down by the one person who's supposed to be her safety net and she has OCD anyway, so this is going to affect her 10 times over. It was awful to watch. And I was just like, fuck, you're a terrible mother. In that moment, I was like, get your shit together, woman. And then she talks about how much she drinks, like showing the levels on the tequila bottle in front of her child, talking about getting blackout drunk. Look, I'm all for including your your family um, and, and not hiding shit, being transparent with your family, especially if a lot of your problems stem from alcoholism or addiction. It's one, it keeps you accountable. Thank you, Teddy. And it also validates their concerns. Like if the mum has lashed, if the mum, if Bronwyn or the addict has lashed out uh, during addiction, it can be validating for them to hear that's why it wasn't me that did something wrong. I don't need to walk on eggshells. Mum was drunk and that's when she acts that way. That can certainly help to know that your mum's been there and going through that and healing and whatever. I hope this is making sense because I'm just like, I've got it a bit passionate, I have to say. But to actually, I don't know, the language she used, over-specifying it was really kind of, again, like show pony-esque. Like she was proud of how bad she'd gotten because it will it will improve her rise from the ashes. And she it's like she thinks she's going to be this big – it's like she already thinks she's overcome addiction um, because she's decided that she's an alcoholic. That's not how it works. I've been off – painkillers for three years I went to rehab for it I was addicted for seven years I still have kind of a weird relationship with alcohol you know I'm I'm very all or nothing as many um addicts are and like I had I had this no surgery this year and I had to have these strong painkillers the same painkillers again to numb my pain and it all comes flooding back like three years without a single taste and I'm just like oh my god give me this fucking heaven in a pill so she's talking about it like it's all done and dusted and swept under the rug and it really it just undermines people with real addiction who have come overcome real shit Lala was the same but I think she's still staying strong so that's good she just needs to work on her personality now That's the hard thing about overcoming addiction. It's like (laughs) once you take all of the shit away, all of the partying, all of the drugs, all the alcohol, all of the sex, all the fun in inverted commas because the fun don't last, um, then you have to learn how to be on just a person on your own 
And that's what Bronwyn doesn't have. She has no fucking idea who she is, despite being a mother of seven, you know, having a husband, but apparently that's not what she wants now. I feel like she's just making all of these manic, rash decisions in the first month of sobriety and... You know, even the fact that she's come out and introduced us on social media to her new girlfriend while she's married to her husband, I still don't get it. If anyone gets it, draw me a mind map. I'm fucking confused. But even that, I mean, anyone who has ever done the meetings or the 12-step program before knows you're not supposed to date or make any big life changes within the first year because just getting to know yourself and who you are as a person, as a sober person or as a clean person is a completely different person as whoever you've been for as long as you've been using. They also say that I'll stop soon. I know I'm getting, I'm harping on this a little bit, but it just really kind of bothers me every episode I watch, just her kind of simplifying addiction. And it happens a lot in The Housewives. Um, so I just wanted to kind of dig down on it a little bit. They say, and and I have varied, varied opinions on this. Um, I don't think it's quite as black and white as this, but they do say, experts say, that... The age you start using or abusing a substance is the age you mentally stay at until you get clean. So potentially with Bronwyn, she said she started drinking at 14. We're potentially looking at a 14-year-old mum of seven right now. So I don't – that's why I'm a little bit dubious about her coming out as gay, her coming out as as, – or like all this showboating kind of stuff that just seems like, as Kelly said recently on Watch What Happens Live, very calculated and like she's aiming to get her own show, her own reality show. It's just all very clawing to me and desperate. And it seems like, and it, it seems like somebody who has no clue who they are, but but knows that they need validation and attention to survive. And that's an addiction in itself. So, I mean, the best possible thing for her would be to get off TV for a year, calm your fucking farm, get sober, spend time with your family, listen to your daughter's legitimate fears, help your son look like a fun, fresh, fabulous fucking drag queen and not a 40-year-old lesbian called Barb who hangs out at the local pub because that kid is no RuPaul's Drag Race. (laughs) So, look, I don't know. She's irking me. She's good TV, but I'm like, I spent yesterday fucking angry all day. (laughs) And I kept trying to calm down and tell myself, it's just housewives. Why do I care? I'm like... But I fucking do because it challenges my identity when when Luann, when Dorinda, when Bronwyn, when all these bitches come out and claim they're addicts and then by six mu- the six-month mark, they've turned around, they're filming the next season and they've overcome all their demons and they're drinking, they're, they're able to have one glass now. Like, that's not how it works. You obviously either were never an addict or you're still an addict and that's fine. You're on your own path. But it kind of just undermines 
my hard work and all the other addicts that I know's hard work and struggles. And I think that's why it really gets under my skin. Oh my God. I need a, I need a fucking breather. <laughs> Sorry. That was like super passionate. I do agree. Um, we need a lot more queer representation in the Bravo-verse. Bravo's slowly catching on to our needs. We've got a lot more people of colour on the show. We've got some people of colour on the show for once. Um, we don't have any gay women. Uh, obviously, Andy Cohen is homosexual. There's a lot of... It's a, it's a, it's a show that entices a lot of the queer community. So it would be nice to have, I think that's probably why people are so excited and and ready for a lesbian on the show. But we'll see if Bronwyn's that. I literally feel like, mark my words, in a year's time she'll be like, oh yeah, that was just a weird thing I was trying out while I was getting sober. <laughs> Whoops, look at me. And we'll be doing another vow renewal. So I don't know. Let's just wait and see on that one. Can we pop over to the Popo Potomo for a Momo? <laughs> oh my God, I hate myself. How do you guys even listen to me? <laughs> Fuck my life. Let's talk about Potomac. Look, I just want to get into this sneak peek. The episode, the new episode comes out on Sunday. I've shared this clip to the Facebook group and on Twitter. Fucking hell. Michael Darby just cannot get any worse. So first he's getting in trouble for squeezing behinds. Then he's getting in trouble for getting that strange behind Ashley's back while she's fucking away for a baby for one minute. Now he's pushing, in inverted commas, again, Candace's husband, Chris. Look, no one likes Candace. We can own that. She's a loose cannon. She is not Chris. Chris, I think, is a kind of seems like a good guy. He's never done anything to offend me on the show. Look, I worry about him being white and having a black penis. It doesn't sound healthy, and I think he needs to get that checked ASAP. But by all accounts, he seems like a nice guy. When Mary Payne has talked about him on Pink Shade, she when she's ch chatted to him in the elevator at their mutual place of work... Look, he's always been nice to her. That's my entire experience of Chris from the show <laughs> and from Mary Payne's recounts. But this moment, fucking Michael Darby comes up to Chris. He's like, oh, you got to get control of your woman. First of all, shut the fuck up. No, he doesn't. Candace has every right to be angry. She was assaulted. Yeah, she's a psychopath and she probably deserved it. But she can still be upset about what went down. It was scary and it terrified her. You know, we see that in her little post-it notes. You're okay, stuck everywhere. She's, wor she's truly working through something. And it's also no man's responsibility to get control of his woman. You know what I'm about to say. Sing it with me. Fuck the fucking patriarchy. 
in its ass. Fuck it. And fuck you, Michael Darby. Honestly, that line alone had me fuming. You can hear it in my voice. I'm getting cranky again. Then Chris is like, look, back off because Chris has already had it. First, he's upset because he's on the side of his wife because he's a good husband. He's upset because he's the one who has to nurture Candace when she comes home traumatized, when she's crying at night, when she's scared of getting up in the morning. He's the one that has to calm her down. And now he has some Australian, I can say this, cunt in the back just poking at him, prodding him. Come on. Like, what are you, what's wrong with you? control of your woman poke 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 get control of your woman poking away just for tv and chris doesn't want it he's just at the bar chilling ill and killing like a villain and he turns around (laughs) i just listened to myself for a second you know when you have like an out-of-body experience i was like above myself watching me like manically spit into the microphone my cats nap peacefully behind me because they're so used to this shit so Michael Darby's poking away at Chris and Chris has just turned around. He's like, get the fuck out of my face. And he pushes him very gently because Michael's already stepping back. He doesn't shove him. He pushes him with one hand as a direction. Like, like if you're sort of, I don't know, if you're in kindergarten and your teacher slowly pushes you forward because you're looking at your toes and they're fascinating and you have, have it to order your lunch or something. I don't know. Like it was a gentle nudge in the right direction, which is away from him. And Michael, he was waiting for this. He's just got his arms like, oh, 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 you're going to hit me? Oh, he's hit. He's touched me. He's touched me. You're fucked, mate. You're fucked. You're going to jail. You touched me. He hit me. He pushed me. And then, of course, Ashley comes over to find out what's going on because her husband's screaming, yeah, he's hit me. He's hit me. Um, First of all, Michael, you don't get uh, like a, a name in this game. You're a fucking ass grabber. You're the one who's touching people inappropriately. Okay. At least we have the footage in this instant to show very clearly that Chris was not pushing or hurting or hitting you. He was indicating that you need to back the fuck up. (sighs) Taking a breath, taking a breath. So Ashley comes over. She's all riled up and she's like, what's going on? And of course... Her husband's like, well, he fucking hit me. He's pushing me. And so then Ashley goes in and she's fucking screaming. And now the girls are at it again. Look, why is this guy? Just why is this guy? Why does he exist? I just look, I, I have in moments of great hatred for the Australian men. I have said that he represents all of them because, look, I don't like him. But he is worse of all the Australian men I know that are horrible. And there are plenty. He is the worst one. Let's take a moment to think on that. He needs to go. To yell in someone's face with glee in your eyes and smiling. Oh, you're going to jail. You're going to jail. Fuck you, motherfucker. 
I mean, look, I say that and look, Candace, yes, she did the same thing a few weeks ago. Did I support that? No. And it was gross coming from Candace. It's much more gross coming from a grown ass old man. You know, he screamed at him. He's like, oh, fuck you, you bald asshole. He called him bald. Mate, have you looked in the mirror recently? (laughs) What a bag of dicks. Oh, look. I love this show. (laughs) See, this is what I don't get. This show is problematic on so many levels. And yet every single person on Twitter, on the socials is like, praise Jesus, hallelujah, thank you, Lord, for Potomac. OC is also problematic in a variety of different ways. And everyone's like, oh, no, you mustn't speak of OC. People have accused me on Reddit because I find um, Kelly Dodd funny. And occasionally I'll post like uh, little screenshots of her her quips. They've accused me of being a COVID denier and an anti-masker and a racist because I think she's entertaining TV. So I like watching horror movies. Do I run around in a scream mask stabbing people in the shower? That's for you to decide. <laughs> I mean, I have feeded music videos myself where I've played a stripper and a whore. I mean, a girl could dream that I could be making bank like that. I just don't have the booty for it. So to those comments, I just think they're absolutely ridiculous. I don't take it on board. You guys all know me. But yeah, sometimes I do feel like I need to defend myself a little bit because it is only little old me running this little Kirsty network over here. So... Look, I do my best, but um, for the most part, I think every single person on all of these shows is equally fucked up, and that's why I enjoy them. I enjoy these shows because these people are problematic. That's why I watch. If I wanted to watch, I don't know, fucking Pleasantville on TV, I'd turn on like Babysitter's Club or some kind of horse riding show. But it's not, it doesn't tickle my whistle. (laughs) Not a phrase. That's not, that's not for me. I watch three things, reality TV, British comedy in excess and horror movies. And that's pretty much it. So if you're expecting a PC uh, podcast, you've come to the wrong place. I'm very open-minded. I like to think of myself as woke, but um, I have opinions and I will express them here because it's my podcast. So there, take that. Fuck you, everybody. (laughs) Except you guys, because you're actually listening and you love me. I'm more talking to the Reddit people, but I'm too afraid to tell them to get fucked because they will cancel me. And I find them terrifying. Just a little Vanderpump Rules news to close up the show. Look People all across the world are breathing a sigh of gratitude and relief as Jax Taylor 
has announced on his social medias today that himself and his darling wife, Brittany, will not be returning to the show. So happy. I mean, RIP, single tier. But seriously, fucking hell, it's about bloody time. We did have that scene at the end between Jax and Lisa at the end of uh, last season that it did seem a little bit like they were having a little bit of a goodbye between the two of them. And look, I'm so stoked about this news. It's been a long time coming. He's been in a downward spiral. The show's not good for him anymore. At the start, he was entertaining and he's just becoming more and more narcissistic and toxic as the series goes on, if that was ever possible. So now that Britney's pregnant, along with every other cast member and basic bitch on the show, um, thankfully we won't be watching their pregnancy journey. <laughs> Thank you, bravo gods, for not forcing that upon us. Um, but yes, I think it's the right choice seeing as he's about to become a father and look, I'm really worried about this. I was worried about his fatherhood journey, but I'm relieved that at least he's made a good choice in not returning to the show. That is a positive. I'm going to read to you what he has written on his Instagram The last eight years on Vanderpump Rules have been some of the most challenging, rewarding and fulfilling years of my life. Although this is difficult to share, Brittany and I will not be returning for another season of Vanderpump Rules. We are excited to take this time to focus on our growing family and share with you our new endeavours. Bravo TV, Evolution USA and our Vanderpump castmates will always remain close to our hearts. Thank you all. Thanks to all the fans who have shared our journey with us and supported us through everything. We love you. Stay tuned. We can't wait to share what we have planned. Have a great weekend. So the most eloquent uh, Jax has ever been is in his farewell speech. Thank you, Jason Couchy, a.k.a. Jax Taylor. And goodbye. So, with all of that said, send me your questions for Fernanda Flores, 90 Day Fiancé star. Um, I will be talking to her next week. So, that's it. Follow me on the social pipes. The Facebook group is the best place to be. Just search in Facebook, Reality TV and Me, and it will come up in your groups section. If you have trouble, you can contact me on Instagram and the public page is reality tv and me or you can join my personal page which is private but i'll let you let you on in if you're nice and you want to see all of my cat pictures which is fascinating it's she's pernicious in an homage to our camille grandma i'm also she's pernicious on twitter but all of this will be in the show notes so you don't have to worry about a thing Thank you so much for listening to me rant and rave for an hour. I hope you can have a relaxing rest of your day. 
Lots of love and don't forget your comments and your five-star reviews make a huge difference to us in the podcast community, especially little guys like me. So keep them coming in. Thank you so much. And again, appreciation for my for being so accepting of my vulnerability last week. I love you. Goodbye. 